Hello Bakersfield, I'm Andre Gonzalez. I'm Rachel Magnus. I'm Jesus Gonzalez. I'm Carla Barrientos. And you're listening to Hello Bakersfield, the podcast that's got big ideas, bigger hopes, and even bigger personalities. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was kind of nervous about that last right. bit. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was excited to see where that was going. Well, today's show, folks, is about the big idea. And we have asked our listeners to provide us feedback on big ideas for a better Bakersfield. And today we're talking about downtown revitalization. And to help us with this conversation, we have our good friend and a board member of the Hub of Bakersfield and a downtown leader, Austin Smith. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah. Austin, we're so excited to have you finally on our podcast. It's the best podcast in Bakersfield. That's wow. Wow. Yeah. You know, there is some tough competition. We don't just win. Yeah. <laughs> but we appreciate the sentiment. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show. We appreciate it. Thank you. Um, and actually, we're going we're gonna to jump right into it with uh, our first segment, which is our weekly check-in, uh, what we do every podcast. Yeah, and because of today's topic, I thought it would be good for us to start with just asking what we all are really enjoying right now, this moment, about what's going on in downtown Bakersfield. Hey, Zeus, can, can we guess what you're going to say? Carla and I have a good idea. We may know. Well, I am just... Start a, to the T and to the low. There's uh, good friends in Tolo places. No, no I, what I'm loving about Bakersfield right now is the revitalization of 18th Street and East Chester. I'm just loving what it's turning into, and I'm wanting to see what that street will look like in five to ten years. I think there's some pretty, um, real. I think there's some pretty interesting businesses opening. Um, yeah, and that's what I'm excited about for downtown mm-hmm. revitalization of 18th Street and seeing that kind of creative row um, flourish. What's your favorite spot to grab lunch right now? Oh my gosh. Well, I'd be lying if I said anywhere other than Dot I was going to say, there, you like, can't not. <laughs> there four days a week. Like, and I, you know what? It's a mutual relationship because they're resharing all of your posts. So. <laughs> we love each other. <laughs> no, it is. They have, they're always coming out with like such fresh new. Um, New menu items. That's what I love about them. You know, it's not like. You should like, really meet my wife. You guys would get along great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've done a few lunch dates, not there yet. But <laughs> no, but it's, um, yeah, I mean, the kind of, it, it makes you feel like you're not in Bakersfield. Like there's always a uh, evolving menu and there's always something really fresh to look forward to. It's, it's nice. And everyone there's always so friendly. You know, they have mm-hmm. such a friendly team. So that, I think, just makes it go a step above. Yeah. Carla? So I'm similar to Jesus, um, just Bakersfield's changing so much and, you know, seeing all these new businesses come downtown, these restaurants, and, you know, they're not just serving food or serving drinks. They're also having events there, you know, um, like Cafe Smitten doing their Smitten Kids, Dot Not having, um, I think it was a... Their puppet I wanna, show. Yeah, puppet show. Okay, I was like, I want to say puppet show, but yeah, puppet show. You know, they're doing things, you know, for, for families, for singles, for a little bit of everyone. And I really love that. Um, and I also love that, you know, our places who, that have been here a while, you know, our dive bars like Alley Cat are still thriving and people are still going and getting their stiff cocktail for virtually nothing. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's so fun. And I think, you know, Jesus, when you said Dot Not feels like, it's not in Bakersfield. I feel like we're getting closer to that statement changing where it, it feels like you're not in Bakersfield. No, this is Bakersfield. You know, mm-hmm. it feels like Bakersfield. If this feels like East Chester or this feels like, you know, downtown, whatever that could be. Um, but I feel like we're getting closer to that statement kind of changing and and this is truly who we are. So. We're beginning to accept our identity. And yes. believe in ourselves. Yes. Yes, yes we can do it. <laughs> the little city that could. <laughs> How about you? Uh, well, there are a number of things. I mean, I, I think about Mama Roomba as being one of my favorite spots to go. Uh, it's just it's been there for for quite a while now, and it's you know in the early days um, when when I first came home, Mama Roomba was just opening up, and I just always found it very um, it's very cute and interesting, and a lot of a lot of character and the mojitos, it, yeah, so good, and and <laughs> you know it just brought a lot to downtown and. And it brought a lot of people to downtown. And, you know, thinking about all the revitalization efforts that happened throughout the years, I mean, 
that whole arts district corridor when the Padre Hotel was just opening, and then you know Don Martin opened the Metro Galleries and started First Friday, and then that was really uh, you know at least in my young adult life the first time I saw you know downtown really coming up and and started to see a lot of kind of um, activity in the downtown area and excitement, and now to see that expand you know east of Chester is really uh, you know inspiring as well. So. Um, yeah, I think about Mama Roomba, I think about that whole area on I Street. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm like a few of the people in this room. I feel very lucky that I get to work and live downtown. So, so much of my life is, you know, within a three mile. Is that? Maybe smaller. Two yeah. miles? Maybe one mile? Maybe half a mile. Half a mile? <laughs> well, from my house to the museum, it's like 1.2 miles. Okay. So, and I, you know, I get to do that walk sometimes. And that's really what excites me right now is I've noticed, you know, I moved downtown about four years ago. And if I would try to do that walk, I remember people looking at me like I was like, why is that girl walking? What does she need? <laughs> you know. And now it's like you're seeing so many more people walking. I love my little dog walk route. And I see a lot of my neighbors whenever I'm walking around. But even just like in like downtown core, you're seeing people walk to lunch, all these food trucks that are out. You're seeing people walk in suits, you know, to get the grab um, something to eat. And it is so refreshing. It feels alive. It feels um, like it's thriving. And it's been really exciting to see such a strong shift in such a short amount of time. And I'm really disappointed in all my co-hosts for not mentioning the Bakersfield Museum of Art and Art After Dark, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> a staple. <laughs> Whoops. We loved it so much. We didn't want to steal you, it. You if thought you I wanted thunder, to say yeah. it. Thanks. You know what else is, now that Rachel shared hers, um, I think there's a lot of really enchanting um, places to live. Yours being one of them. It's like, uh, it's, it's out of a movie, you know, it's like Melrose Place. There's so many cute little <laughs> <laughs> places like that downtown, mm-hmm. you know. And Andre has a really cool place that he lives in. Um, uh, I mean, Austin lives downtown, too. There's just so many architectural gems downtown. You, there really are. And there, there are some beautiful... I love trees. Who doesn't? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there is the most incredible tree on 21st, and I think... Beach. I know the one. I know the tree, one. Yeah. It's just, there's so much character downtown. Yeah. I always, anytime I get a chance to mention that tree, it's not even my tree, <laughs> but a, I love that tree. So much character. Tree. The homes, the, the nature. It's well, great. Yeah. And with the seasons, you, all the trees change. I just, yes. it's, it's such a beautiful neighborhood. Oh, it is. Um, and it takes hundreds of years for those trees to have gotten to where they are today. I think that's what makes them so special. Oh, yeah. They've seen so much history. And, yeah. Well, and the, um, um, you know, also within those hundred years, all these homes have been built. So you have so many different architectural styles that are represented mm-hmm. downtown. And it, that's why it's so rich. Uh, yeah. You guys are making me excited. This is like my favorite time of year, <laughs> late summer, going into fall. Oh, and it's like the perfect time to just hang out downtown, yeah. walk around, spend some money. Mm-hmm. Love and the just, positivity, Andre. Yeah, yeah. Not everyone loves being in Bakersfield uh, right now. Yeah. Well, you know, I like the late summer feel. You know, you yeah. know that it's almost over and, you know, fall's coming. It, uh, anyway, okay. that anticipation. Austin, what are you loving about Baker's downtown Bakersfield right now? How long do we have? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have a little bit different angle, I think. Um, Love all the lifestyle improvements that you guys are talking about that we've definitely seen. Um, And I think you're going to see more of that, more and more businesses moving in and and, uh, entertainment and people really enjoying the downtown experience that can't be replicated anywhere else. I think what I am really excited about for the future is what downtown can mean for our city as a whole. And especially jobs and, and housing and, and attracting, uh, you know, with being Bakersfield, we really try to, to work to promote uh, talent to move to Bakersfield and, and diversify our economy and all that. And uh, I think what we're doing to provide more housing and, and with Bitwise's recent announcement to expand from Fresno and that, that Bakersfield's the first city they're going to expand to uh, and the jobs that that will create here, especially in the technology industry. I think all those really bode well for the future of Bakersfield. And um, it's a piece of the puzzle that that we haven't had up to this point because people appreciate downtown as this lifestyle destination, but not so much as a job creator Mm -hmm. in the way that it could be in the future. And and also, like I mentioned, as a housing option. So I think all that uh, definitely bodes well for the future of downtown, but for the city as a whole as well. Awesome. 
Well, Austin, we're excited that you're here to help us with this conversation today. We asked our listeners to provide us some feedback on um, on our big idea, which was downtown revitalization and how to make it happen, how to continue to revitalize the area. Um, we know that downtown has come a long way. Uh, currently, downtown is a huge job center. 25,000 people work downtown on a daily basis. Um, uh, we know that uh, there are over 70 restaurants in the downtown core, um, probably more restaurants within a given area than any other place in, in the region. Um, and there are more and more businesses opening up uh, in downtown, over 120 new businesses that opened just last year alone in 2018. Uh, some of our hotels are the best, the Marriott, the Padre Hotel, uh, and they outperform other hotels in the region. Um, and they have been doing so for years. Um, and so there are a lot of great things that we can point to. We talked to some, just anecdotally talked to some banks and the bank branches in, in downtown Bakersfield outperform other branches in, in Bakersfield. So, I mean, there's a lot happening. There's a lot of energy in all different facets. And so um, we want to get your take on kind of the future of um, of downtown, but even before that, kind of the current climate. Um, you know, what is what's happening from your perspective? I think we're in a transitional phase. Like, if someone was to come to Bakersfield that didn't know anything about it, they would say, you know, there's some things happening here. Like, this is really coming along. This is an exciting time to be here. Uh, you haven't completely arrived yet, obviously, but but that's the exciting part that we all like to be a part of is is that change that that we're seeing, and it's uh, it's an exciting thing to be a part of. Mm-hmm. So, what is the next big thing for downtown? I think what I touched on before, um, there's a new type of of jobs that will be created in that can only happen downtown, in that. Uh, the workforce of millennials and and what comes after millennials? Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> uh, millennials don't care about what comes after. <laughs> yeah, if we're being honest, yeah. there, there's a movement um, for for the generations that will come after us towards urbanization more and more, and and you see that being played out in cities across the country, and I think Bakersfield will be no different. And that will really serve to activate our our downtown and, and other inner inner city neighborhoods as well in Bakersfield. Now we, we should say that you are um, the owner of Sage Equities. Uh-huh. Uh, you're responsible for um, 17 place townhomes, which are some of the first market rate townhomes. Had a lot of help along the way to make it happen. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But, uh, but you definitely had that vision and, uh, and have, have really uh, developed that that area on in, in East Chester, um, providing uh, 44 market rate townhomes in the area. Um, and so I wondered, uh, you know, we all know that housing is a good driver for revitalization. What projects do you have in the works? And what do you see in terms of more housing downtown longer term? Yeah, so we currently have a, a 53-unit project during development on, on Q Street at 18th and Q that we're very excited about. Uh, it'll be the first four-story market rate housing in Bakersfield. Uh, elevator building with interior corridors, kind of a boutique wow. hotel kind of feel. Uh, a lot of one-bedroom units, which will diversify it from townhomes where all two-bedroom and more of a single-family feel, but more vertical, whereas this will be... Uh, a lot more one-bedroom units, which we've seen the demand for. And uh, it's also the trend in urban housing is toward smaller units, but you have all the amenities of being stepping right outside your door and being downtown and everything. So we're very excited about that. And, I just uh, hope I can still get a spot at Mexicali on Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> no guarantees. <laughs> And beyond your project, do you see other developers looking at downtown? I mean, certainly as a uh, as a uh, councilman, I I, I, mean, I have entertained conversations with people sure. who are speculating. Yeah. But yeah. what do you see? There, there is more more interest on the part of the development community uh, to to develop downtown, and I do think you will see projects in the future like that as well. Yeah, I have a question. What about retail? That seems to be something that isn't you know, moving as moving forward as quickly as some of the other industries. What do you think the future of retail in downtown Bakersfield has? I think 
like retail in general is becoming more service based and more experiential uh, and less about goods. Uh, but I do think on the higher end, it does make sense to be in a downtown environment. And I do think you will see more of that. Uh, so I, I think it's exciting because you're going to see the lifestyle trends we're talking about continue to play out more and more, and especially in the downtown area. And all the local businesses we've seen come downtown, people have realized that there's nowhere else in Bakersfield that you can have a Tolo or a Dot Knot. And you, know, that you can locate anywhere, but it's not going to have the same vibe and the same feel as if you're in an interconnected urban fabric in the way that you can downtown. Yeah. Where does, um, I guess, mixed-use uh, developments come into play? It's, is that something that, I guess I want to, I guess what I'm trying to ask is, um, do you see more mixed-use development coming to downtown where it's like a, you know, live and work type of building that you see in some bigger cities? Yeah, I, I do think we'll get there eventually. We do have enough vacant storefronts still in, in downtown that, that there's existing uh, building stock that that will be filled in first. But when we get to the point that that's all filled up, you'll definitely see more mixed use. Yeah. So we, you know, talk a lot about the positive things that are happening in the downtown core, but obviously not all things are positive. There are some challenges. Um, You know, we talked in our last episode about homelessness and some of the things that the city is trying to do to respond. We know that's a growing problem, not just for downtown, but all over. Um, We know that there are other you know, issues that we've heard about from different listeners as well um, related to, you know, property crime or that perception of safety. How do you, how do you perceive those challenges and what are you, what are your responses to those things? I think that, it, I mean, if you look at the statistics, downtown is not necessarily any different than other areas of Bakersfield. I think those are larger issues, though, that need to be addressed on a citywide or statewide basis. And one neighborhood can't necessarily solve all those issues. We can help ourselves through business improvement districts and things like that to help provide additional support. Uh, But I also don't think that it's necessarily a detriment uh, to the growth of businesses downtown. some of the cities that we all know and love and, and go to on vacation <laughs> have pretty serious homelessness problems, and it's not a, a big detriment. Yeah, I make the same point, and I appreciate that. And and the other thing that I like to point out is that homelessness has grown over the last you know three, four years, um, but even despite that growth, downtown has continued to revitalize, and we're only seeing so much growth and development and businesses moving in, even despite those growing issues. And so um, both things can be true, and both things can happen at the same time. And I don't think that, I haven't seen enough evidence that that people are turning away. Yeah, yeah I've, I've heard people say, you know, they they don't feel safe all the time downtown, you know, walking from place to place. But really, I mean, you think about it, it, it's excellent what you said about the, you know, cities we visit on vacation. I think of a place, not to compare us to this, you know, world city, but San Francisco, where, you know, I went uh, with a group of girlfriends. We stayed in the Tenderloin District, which is known for being a very tough uh, area in in San Francisco. And there were plenty of um, homeless people. And there seemed to be some people who had some uh, issues going on. I mean, yelling at us. It didn't stop us. We still went from place to place, from restaurant to restaurant. Um, I, I think it's different here. We don't. We're not used to it. We're really not. Um, I can remember being downtown, you know, years ago, and really not seeing too many homeless people um, very often. And um, now you do. So I think it's that change. But you know, on vacation we go to these places and we don't even think twice. And once you're home, it's you look at it with yeah. more, yeah. you know, more closely. Yeah, because it it is your home. Yeah. So. Do these issues affect how the land is developed? So the this uh, the queue that you guys are developing does that play into the design of the building at all? Um, you know, when you look Safety at downtown or, LA, yeah. the way some of these buildings are designed, they're very kind of closed off to the public. Yeah, we make every effort to to be open and and inviting. Uh, with the the seventeen place townhomes, we participate in second Saturday and and we have yoga in the courtyard and we like those public private events and, and even the, the private events that we have uh, for residents 
every month when it's Christmas season, you know, we have a tree lighting or pumpkin carving when it's Halloween and, or, or just, you know, maybe a, a wine tasting, uh, in the spring or another time. I, we encourage residents to, to invite people outside and, and bring them in. And, and we want to be a community that, that people want to be a part of and connect with their neighbors and all that. And that's a big part of why you live in a, in an urban environment is that you want to connect with other people in a way that you might not, uh, in an in another type of setting. in the suburbs, yeah, yeah. That, that's really interesting and uh, I think unique uh, to downtown. That made me think of the the Westchester uh, parade for Fourth yeah. of July, yeah. oh, and I never really thought event. about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, some it's of you, I think all three of you, um, at, all four of you attended. Um, <laughs> I missed it, but uh, you know, I, I saw pictures and got to see from some of your Insta stories and things. It was fantastic to see that con- community connection where neighbors know each other and to hear that you know the buildings are doing these, um, yeah. the townhomes mm-hmm. to create that, that feel where, you yeah. know, your neighbors, yeah. you're all connected, you're yeah. all one. Yeah. It's very cool. And, and once you have people talking to each other, you create that eyes on the street effect that, that you hear about that people are looking out for each other and, and knock on wood, we haven't had serious crime issues that, you know, before we developed the townhomes and cafe cement and people said, Oh, why would you want to build anything down there? You know, it, first we got to fix all these problems, you know, and then you can go build some, but it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. It, it's really, you got to do something positive and then more positive results and activity follows. And, and then we can address some of those issues versus just glass half empty all the time. I think you're so right on that, Austin. If we waited till everything was fixed and how we wanted it, nothing would ever get done. Because yeah. <laughs> there's always something to yeah. improve. Yeah. You just, yeah, you can't wait for that. <laughs> you know, you mentioned being Bakersfield. You mm-hmm. have been uh, a pioneer and, and actually one of the uh, founders of being Bakersfield. And it's all about changing the conversation, the narrative in in broader Bakersfield. Um, but I was interested in in the conversation about downtown and you talked about, you know, the development and, and kind of changing that conversation. But I think that's an important piece about how we talk about what downtown is and where we're headed. And, and there are a lot of us who are much more optimistic. Certainly there are those detractors as well. So how do you see that narrative changing and how do you contribute to that? I want to give a personal example uh, that that Ann and I talk about often. Um, is uh, we have uh, a couple of sitters that take care of our our two year old baby boy, and when when they take care of him, rather than best just, dressed two year old, <laughs> <laughs> he's so cute. Oh my gosh! Well, thank you. <laughs> but instead of staying at home and watching TV or, or playing, they always want to walk him downtown and take him to coffee shops and and see Councilmember <laughs> Gonzalez. <laughs> I but, see him at the cafe all the time, <laughs> Rick City. But the conversation Ann and I have is, is uh, you know, people in our late 30s, you know, and not necessarily in touch with with what the cool kids are doing in their 20s is, is the generations to come want to have that urban experience. And they, they want to, you know, our two-year-old loves interacting with people. And, and, and the sitters in their 20s, they, they love doing it as well. So I think the future is that that people want to be part of, of this type of environment. And and you know, everything that, that we're doing, I think, is trying to build something for the future and, and what what that is versus living in fear of the present. And, and, you know, there are, yes, there are negative issues that we're working through, but we need to to work towards a better future versus just cowering and not yeah, doing not anything doing like anything. Jesus said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Well, we have, as I've been teasing all throughout this podcast, uh, some input from listeners who uh, contributed to our Big Ideas show. And I'm going to kick it over to Jesus, who wants to share some of those. Yeah, so a special thank you to everyone who contributed comments. Um, we did receive a lot, so we only have time to read a few. Um, but this first one is from at Christian on Instagram. And uh, her response was uh, to have more downtown summer pool parties, more nightlife activities, such as nighttime turtle racing competitions. Oh. Um, and then partying while Tell you us about that. Bikes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not too familiar, but from my uh, extensive research... <laughs> Uh, they, uh, I, I think this is married in Arizona, I believe. I think uh, I was looking at Houston. Houston. Wow, you guys Texas, actually looked Chicago. into this. I'm very impressed. Yeah. <laughs> I had to look because I thought turtle race. I had to look no, it up. Yeah. yeah, and it's um, they have these competitions in these cities that are similar like ours where it's very hot in the summertime. And um, 
they rent out this public space and they have turtles that are actually racing. And so they have, um, you know, beer gardens and you can bet on the turtles. Um, it's it, definitely it, a drinking related. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a turtle race has got to take a long time. <laughs> yes. a lot of beers. As someone who actually has a turtle, I have a red-eared slider. He's pretty quick. Oh, he's uh. cool. So, if so we, you're yeah. going to put him in the race? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I hope we get this done. You know, this might be win. a good second Saturday project. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it doesn't look, you know, I looked at some pictures um, Jesus shared with me and, uh, you know, it's, it looks like they're kind of just racing off of a mound that's a, circular piece of turf. Yeah. Who's going to make it to the edge of that, you know, area quickest. Um, It looks fun. It looks simple. I've got a, you know, you know, my Clydesdale. uh, (laughs) 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 Yeah. So more nighttime activity like like that. And I was just recently in downtown LA last weekend, my friend um, at Bugs Tale on Instagram, she has this no fuss comedy bus. So, um, oh, it's yeah, this bus really that nice. travels around and has comedy tours. So I'm trying to get her to bring it to Bakersfield because I think that'd be such a cool uh, activity to have for downtown. So just more, I think, activities in general. And then we had um, someone at Aaron. You know, I was going to add one oh, thing. Yeah. I'm a little bit surprised we don't have a traveling um bus or um you know something that goes to because bring we, people around downtown yes yeah. because we have you know hearing over 70 restaurants yeah we've got a lot of places to eat drink socialize yeah. um, west hollywood has something like that where they have a bus that takes you from one end of santa monica to the other mm-hmm. so it's kind of and it's free so residents can just hop on anyone really can hop on okay hop- i'm gonna <laughs> lobby i'm gonna i'm gonna share with you something i've been lobbying for okay. for a while for get bus so if anyone from get bus <laughs> is listening to this podcast uh, you've heard it here first folks yeah no they've been hearing it for a year and a half from councilman gonzalez about a trolley a downtown trolley and my my big idea was to connect the padre and downtown to old town kern and have mm, a trolley run a 18th and 19th streets oh, yeah, that'd be so a that we stretch. can get people yeah. over there and it, and it benefits obviously both neighborhoods Absolutely. and i think could this it be would an be, open air trolley? Yes, it should be. And I think it would be a big winner. Yeah. But Get Bus needs to get with it. So, you know what yeah. night would really be a big winner is the night before Thanksgiving when everybody goes oh, to absolutely. Woolgrowers and they all want to go downtown <laughs> yes. after But they're that trying one. to, you know, increase ridership. And, and they I've been have going, those so, yeah. in Newport Beach and it works wonderfully. Right. They, so yeah. all of our listeners, I need what you did. I need you to write. Get bus board. <laughs> All right. We need well, to this get This is a on call to action. I yes. need you to so start do you, lobbying. Do you envision this daily or on the yeah. weekends? No. Or? Uh, well, actually, nights and weekends. Okay. I think that is when it would be most um, you know, used. And Absolutely. I think it, it's a great way to connect neighborhoods. Uh, you know, clearly we want more and more people walking and, yeah. and, you know, using bird or, you know, whatever, biking. But when you're trying to connect two distinct neighborhoods together, you need that trolley. You need Absolutely. something like that. And so, anyway, I think it's a winner. They should test it out. They need to go for it. I'm going to keep pushing them. Get bus. Get with it. Let's go. Yes. Listen yeah. to us. Golden Sorry. Empire Transit. <laughs> I love that. All right. <laughs> and then we had um, another submission from at Aaron um, on Instagram. And he's saying for him, uh, safety uh, is his number one concern. And so one of the issues that he uh, brought to the table is that they release prisoners, I guess, at the Greyhound bus. So that is something that he had brought up. I hadn't even really ever thought about that myself. Um, do you guys want to chime in on that? Andre, <laughs> you're up, <laughs> councilman. You know, we, we had this issue a few a few uh, months, months ago, ago. Yeah. and they were going to release 150 people who don't necessarily live in Bakersfield at the Greyhound station, and we pushed back and said, uh, no. Um, but it was like in 24 hours. Like yeah, it was yeah. all at the same it time. Was, but we got to, I mean, okay, I have mixed feelings about this. Obviously, yeah. we don't want to, you know, to have 150 people released in the neighborhood. Um, but at the same time, we got to re- remember, you know, a lot of people who are being released from prison, they deserve a second chance Absolutely. and they need to have opportunities as well. So not only did we, um, you know, tell the state, hold on here, let's do this more responsibly and more thoughtfully, but we also brought in a lot of services and had had them waiting at Greyhound, setting up shop so that when people came that they had access to those services. And I think that's that's a that's an approach we need to take as a community because Bakersfield is a caring place. We've always said we're a caring place. And we need to remember that. We we can't let fear 
drive our decision making. Um, and and I'm 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 really um, I know there's a lot of people who are hot right now about yeah. some of the things that are going on and frustrated, but we can't let that drive our decision making and our actions. We have to be that caring, compassionate community. Of course, we have to protect ourselves, but we gotta we gotta take a balanced approach. I I couldn't agree with you more. And Bakersfield is really known for all of its charitable work. I mean, there's so many charities. I couldn't even name all of them. This is really an opportunity to help these people really reintegrate into society. Um, And it's a way to put a shining light on Bakersfield. You're so right, Andre. Um, I mean, it's still, you know, I'm three blocks from the Greyhound station. And, you know, I've had my car broken into multiple times. And, you know, so there, there, I mean, there is fear instilled in me of like, I want to say shit, what's going to happen tonight sometimes, you know? Um, and so I want to make sure I live in a safe, protected environment. So I would say like, I don't think this is a great idea for yeah. my neighborhood. Yeah. I understand like the human aspect of it. And we do want to give people a second chance. And I wholeheartedly believe in that, but maybe not in my backyard. <laughs> oh, there's always going to be that sentiment. I mean, and I agree with you. I'm not, and I, then let me, let me just clarify from my perspective. I think that, you know, people should be, when they are released from prison, should go back to the communities, directly back to the communities that they came from and, and should not be all released in the Greyhound station in downtown yeah. Bakersfield. I mean, that, that is not responsible. But certainly those who are in Bakersfield or who need to transfer to an, a community, um, that, that makes sense. Um, and, and I, I just think that there needs to be a more, um, thoughtful way of how we do that. And that's Uh, my question. I mean, to the state really, why, why Bakersfield? Because we, you know, this prison, these prisoners who are being released really do come from all over. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm just curious as to why the state is choosing Bakersfield to release them all. Um, Well, and, and that's a good question. And there are bigger statewide issues and decisions that have been made that are impacting, you know, neighborhoods like downtown and, and all throughout Bakersfield. And, you know, we need to ask those questions of, of what are we doing to really protect all neighborhoods? Yeah. Because we, you know, we, we can't all live in a gated community and be completely protected. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, maybe we all oh want to live in a gated community. Maybe that's, maybe that's what hey, we want to do. there are still homeless people in gated communities, people. It's, yeah. It affects us all. <laughs> right. But, but what I'm saying is, you know, uh, you know, there there are a lot of benefits to living downtown yes. and living in downtown core. And of course, there are some negative aspects of that. And we need to continue to work on kind of reducing those negative things. Um, but those are those are huge challenges. But as I will say, yeah. as I said earlier, even despite those challenges, we're still seeing a lot yes. of progress. Yeah, and we're having the conversation, and I think that in it, within itself is very important to have um, because they are difficult conversations to have, and um, it you know change starts there. Uh, but on that note, we have um, a, our, our little word vomit. <laughs> <laughs> we have another submission from um, Anna Smith, and she had so many great ideas. Um, one of which was more above ground parking structures um, east of Chester to help enable more development, uh, more densely <laughs> more packed, <laughs> more densely packed green public spaces. Um, and she said that the city um, should reconsider relaxing rules on how small of a parklet they will maintain, and then additional infrastructure to support walkability and bikeability. Um, so this is more crosswalks, painted bike lanes downtown. Um, more nighttime and after hour slash weekend events. Um, and then uh, she went on to say the key to urban revitalization is more market rate residential housing, which we all know is um, in the, you know, in the works right now. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot there. Um, do we want to kind of just break it down piece by piece? I think she really brings up a, a parking structure. I think that's huge. I think we will eventually get to the point where we've out, kind of outgrown ourselves, And if we want to have more visitors coming to downtown, we need to have those spaces for them to be able to park and, and enjoy all of what downtown has to offer. You know, one of the biggest um, issues uh, that, that I heard about when I first became the councilman for downtown was parking. And a lot of business owners said, we need to fix the parking situation. The, you know, um, 
on-street parking is limited. There are people who park there, you know, all day long. We need to get a handle on it. So we went through a, a major process, comprehensive parking study, to reorganize how we do parking. And that includes parking enforcement. I know that's not popular, but we had to because we had to turn those spots to make sure that those business owners who are trying to sell, you know, sandwiches uh, can see their customers get in and get out and not drive around the block looking for parking for a half an hour and then drive away and lose business as a result. So we're trying to get better at that. We we added parking on 18th Street, um, the back-end diagonal parking um, That's very which added capacity. Yeah, that is really cool. uh, wasn't necessarily the most popular thing, but <laughs> the traditional front end diagonal parking wasn't an option for us on that particular stretch. We changed um, G Street um, from 18th to to 20th to a parking mall, one way parking mall that at, that doubled the more than doubled the capacity of parking in that area. So um, I'm not trying to sound defensive. I'm just trying to share some of the things that we're doing with regards to parking. One of the challenges with regard to, and I want to hear Austin's uh, feedback as well, a a parking structure is that um, we have a parking structure and nobody uses it. (laughs) And I mean, some people use it, but there are a lot of floors that are still still Wait, vacant. Um, and so maybe so what, it's the design of the parking structure. Which parking structure are you talking on about? On 18th and I Street. Okay. Um, I, I'd like to give kudos actually to, to Andre for the work he did on activating that parking structure because it was severely underutilized. And there was a, <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a, uh, you were blocked from using it on the upper levels unless you had a monthly pass and right. no one had a yeah. monthly pass. And mm-hmm. It was used very inefficiently. It was actually the city was taking a loss each year on it. And thanks to Andre and other council members' efforts, it's now profitable for the city. So it, it's about re-energizing an, an asset that the city owned and using it more effectively. Yeah, and just little interventions like, you know, access to the parking structure on I Street where there, you know, it was only on 18th prior. And so we're, you know, we're trying to look at those things that are inhibiting people from using that structure. Um, but, you know, the other thing is we have a lot of, private structures, parking structures that exist right now and that are underutilized. And the question is, how do we get those owners to open them up for the rest of the community so that we have more parking without having to build anything? And so those are sort of the the thoughts I had with regard to parking. Is the, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to get a hold on where this parking structure is. Is it the one by Sequoia Sandwich or the one by the Padre? Padre. Padre. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, and yeah, so the and the other thing is about um I kind of wanted to touch on the city uh relaxing rules on how small the parklet they will maintain. What a can you give us some background information on that? So I think um what Anna might be referring to is that uh you know in a lot of different communities they have they take over parking spaces uh to create these little parklets. And so the city has a standard of where they would maintain, you know, public parks and um, and that's something that we could change. I don't think it's is that, that like a hard thing that I, I don't think process that I has think to go it's through? five acre minimum. Yeah, five but five I acres? Acres? park. Yeah, wow. and part of that is just you know and it's just more efficient. Are tiny. Yeah, yeah. They're tiny. Yeah, it, I, and a lot of those parklets are actually maintained by Austin referred to business improvement districts. So this is when the property owners or business owners come together. They create an association. They pay into it, and then they maintain those structures or, or those assets. Um, but certainly there's, I mean, there, there may be ways that we can do that. I have one actually Jennifer Cordova, Cordova, um, wrote me, um, and she was talking about an event in Denver in the Rhino neighborhood called the crush event, crush walls. Uh, basically it is a, it's a festival every year where artists from all over the globe, uh, come together and they take over this neighborhood and they just paint a bunch of murals. They do the uh, art installations. I mean, it is an incredible, from, from the looks of it on, on the website, crushwalls.org, uh, just an incredible event. The walls then live for the year in the neighborhood? I believe so. And yeah, they're and so, repainted the next year? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I'm not sure if they stay they permanently. Or they do a new space? Or? Right. Um, but the idea is that you you know bring out all these creatives 
and encourage people to come to the neighborhood to view that the, that public art installation. How do people who maybe put some of these events on in other cities, how can we get them to come to Bakersfield? Do they have to work with the city if they want to you know, find a space to host some of these events? How does that work? Can they host them in the parking lot of a business? Um, I think what you can definitely we do to need to get like the city involved. Uh, I mean, they're depending on the event, it's um, the chain of command and who you need to get involved, business owners and the city. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not, not, not to the city. put more on Jen's plate, but Jen Cordova, maybe this could be a project she <laughs> yes. could get started with. <laughs> I'm looking at the photos. It's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, not that she doesn't have 50 other things that she's doing, but let's add 51. Well, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, you know, why we created the Hub of Bakersfield. Yeah which is um, the sponsor of this podcast. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, you know, we wanted to create a platform where people can do projects like this. Yeah. So that's a good idea. You know, it's all about activating the spaces as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, we've got some really neat alleyways and open spaces that, can be utilized to be. Yeah, all I know. see is blank canvases all over. Yeah, we need I to fill that. them definitely. Yeah. I, I think about the beautiful mural um, on uh, is that K and twentieth, and uh, there's a beautiful mural um, between. Um, uh, there's the Bumblebee Buckowins. loves you. Bumble, yes, Bumblebee, Bumblebee loves, loves you, you which is you know. Rachel was responsible for that. Yes, thank <laughs> you, Rachel. Baker, it's beautiful, mm-hmm. um, and and it's so cool to see you know that that type of mural. And then we've got a big one over off of Buck Owens between uh, Boulevard and Timbler, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, the big uh, Kit Fox. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, not quite downtown, but to have more art like that, it just. It's, it's a iconic. nice place. Definitely. We've got a lot of actual public art downtown. A lot of public art, and people keep wanting to put more. I get so many people asking me, hey, I want to put a mural here. And a lot of our local artists now are really excited about where where, where can I have my space. Um, so I'm, I think we're going to be filling all of these walls, and I can't wait. I have a question. Um, so with the addition of these new housing units downtown and, you know, with people starting to really kind of live and work downtown, maybe not owning a car as much. Is there a plan for adding um, bike lanes to, you know, maybe a five mile radius around the downtown or the urban core? What is, we actually have a a pretty strong bike plan, a a bicycle network. It's just a matter of uh, at times getting the funding for it and, and having the resources at the city to apply for those grants and things. But um, it's on the radar. It's definitely there. Yeah, we actually have, a, the city of Bakersfield has um, a, a, a grant for bicycle uh, infrastructure and also for a bike share program. And so that will be rolling out um, soon. I mean, uh, like the you, Boris bikes? Is you you see them in all other major cities yeah, where yeah. you can rent a bike. Um, and that has been upended by the scooters uh, bird, <laughs> the and, bird. And other <laughs> scooters, but uh, but I think people there's still a demand for bicycles as oh, well, absolutely. and I think it'll do well in in the downtown and not just downtown, but also around BC Bakersfield College and also mm-hmm. CSU Bakersfield. So um, that's that's well, going to be one of those. We have such a great well. bike path to yeah. connect all of these yeah, places. Awesome. I'm sorry. Oh no, <laughs> what I did want to ask. So okay, um, one of the neighboring cities uh, where I grew up, Pomona, they went through a huge revitalization of their downtown, and it was very similar to ours, mm-hmm. where there was really not a whole lot of businesses, yeah. a lot of empty buildings, and they had um, a university come in, Western University, a, a medical college, and that really helped to transform the area. Is that something that you've heard about? Maybe having a university or a college come to the downtown area to help kind of change. The area? <laughs> Am I asking too many questions? <laughs> we have Austin, Austin and Andre just staring at each other right now. Who <laughs> wants to take Maybe this? Who's going to take it? Austin and I have been friends for a long time. We've talked about <laughs> I think it would be wonderful if, if, if we had a, a, an extension of um, one of our local uh, yeah. colleges or universities in the downtown area. Yeah, I mean, the name of the game is bringing more people down here yeah. and reasons to come downtown. And so we actually have the Weil Institute, which is a satellite from Bakersfield College downtown. They have classes here. Um, we had um, uh, several other universities who had satellites in the downtown area. Um, so yeah, it does it does help. I mean, one of the things that's interesting about Fresno is they have a, you know, uh, Fresno State has a satellite in downtown Bakersfield, which is, which is really interesting and, and something that, you know, I've talked to the president of CSU Bakersfield about 
for for downtown. I'm not sure we're we're there yet, but yeah, but that's an it, idea. Yeah, it would be cool to see more investment and changing and maybe building new structures. But well, that was the big idea. There's All a right. lot of big ideas. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, ideas out there. Thank you to our listeners for uh, contributing, and um, we'll keep it going. Um, so before we go, we cannot leave the show without asking Austin to spend just five minutes with us, five minutes more, <laughs> for 73 questions inspired by Vogue 73 questions. five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we usually never get, get that far. Yeah, we never get that far. <laughs> we got to uh, change the title. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny that we say 73 questions. We never get to 73. There's 73 that we choose from. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to put five minutes on the clock. And uh, we're going to ask you as many questions as possible. Rachel's going to go first, then Jesus, then Carla, and then me. And we're going to go as quickly as possible. Please don't think too much about it. We want your honest answer. Okay? (laughs) Beginning right now. Introvert or extrovert? Introvert. Challenge you've had to overcome in Bakersfield? Culture. Um, Bakersfield's best kept secret. It could be a place person thing. Whatever. Uh, the uh, nature preserve under the bluffs. Who has had the biggest impact on your life? My parents. When you were young, what did you want to be when you grew up? Astronaut. What is a bad habit of yours? Uh, Napping. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fabulous habit. habit. What's one ridiculous thing that you absolutely love? Ridiculous. Uh, I know you've got some guilty pleasure. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. That's that's time. Uh, If you could uh, travel back in uh, time, 20 years, and you had five seconds to tell a younger self one thing, what would it be? Be confident. Hmm. What's the perfect night out in Bakersfield? I think we talked about it. <laughs> uh, dinner at Dot Knot and, and trivia at, at Tolo is, is a pretty fun one. <laughs> Favorite brunch item? Uh, um, the, uh, the French toast at Moo. <laughs> oh, Last show or podcast that you binge watched or listened? Uh, um, haven't been watched in a while. I'm <laughs> 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 a small child. <laughs> yeah. um, Sesame Street. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Carl is stumping you today. Yeah. What, what's the tiger one? He's really into that one now. Is it Daniel the Tiger? Yes, PBS yes. Daniel the Tiger? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When you think of Bakersfield, what do you think of? Uh, a land of opportunity. <laughs> do you have any reoccurring dreams? Um, fear of public speaking. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any hidden talents? Um, juggling. We need you to come to my house. <laughs> Juggle for my kid. <laughs> uh, if, you, uh, if you had to choose, what would be your, Bakersfield, your uh, favorite Bakersfield restaurant? Top, top one yeah, in your top probably, three. Probably Moo Creamery. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Funniest joke you've heard? I don't have jokes. <laughs> <laughs> favorite season? Spring. Um, favorite musical artist? Um, Hank Williams Sr. Sweet or savory? Sweet. What will they say in your eulogy? He was giving. I hope so. <laughs> Best vacation you've ever taken? Um, we went on a river cruise in Europe. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, three words to describe Bakersfield. Uh, you always hear gritty. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think open-minded. To a certain degree that people are surprised by and um
Yeah, those are the ones that come to mind. Best gift you ever received? Baby boy. (laughs) (laughs) Describe the perfect party. We just had a two-year-old birthday party that was pretty awesome. Andre was there. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't awesome because I was there. It was a pool pool party. (laughs) It was awesome. Um, Do you make New Year's resolutions? Yeah. Do you keep New Year's resolutions? No. (laughs) Who does, right? right? What will you be doing in 10 years? Hopefully the same thing I'm doing now. (laughs) If you could have your own Austin Smith billboard, what would it say? Be the change you wish to see in the world. <laughs> Who do you look up to? Andre Gonzalez. <laughs> that was an easy answer. Come Andre's on. like, no more Let's questions. Give us a real answer here. Uh, all right. That's time. <laughs> of course that's where he ends up. Yeah, I was waiting. He was going to start the clock talking. Right. Hey, I'm sorry. That, my timer went off. Uh, that, was, uh, that was pretty good. We had 28 uh, questions. Answered. Not so bad. Good job. Yeah. Well, at least 28 questions asked. I'm not sure how many <laughs> answered, but that's okay. Robert Austin Smith, thank you so much for thank being you. on today's podcast. Fun. Yeah. And thank you so much for all the work you're doing to make Bakersfield a better place to live. Thanks. Awesome job. Hey, folks, that's our show. Please help us out and build the Hello Bakersfield team by liking and subscribing to our podcast. Also, be sure to share on social media how much you love the Hello Bakersfield team and rate us on any platform possible so that we can, uh, you know, get more listeners. Um, (laughs) We love doing this podcast and we love hearing from you. So please keep the comments coming. Uh, That is our show. A big thanks to Brian Boozer at Om Studios for producing our show. A thank you to Hate Drugs uh, for all the opening theme music. And thank you to the Hub of Bakersfield and the Board of Directors. We are a project of the Hub of Bakersfield. That's our show. Until next time, bye Bakersfield. Goodbye Bakersfield. Adios. Bye. Bye -bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.